Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brand. You might know Land Lakes best for its dairy products, like its namesake butter. But did you know that the 100-year-old company, which operates as a farmer-owned cooperative, also has an animal feed business and provides technical services to agricultural retailers and farmers to be more efficient and sustainable? Heather Malinchek, a former agency executive and Harley-Davidson chief marketing officer, joined the agricultural co-op as CMO in 2019. Shortly after the business made a decision to rebrand and remove a Native American woman from its packaging amid a reckoning against racist logos from large consumer brands. Since then, she's coalesced Lanza Lake's various businesses around the brand's purpose of providing safe, sustainably sourced and nutritious food to American consumers while supporting rural farmers and communities. In this episode, Malinchek talks about joining the company shortly after the rebrand and how it's navigating economic headwinds by investing in its brand. I'm your host, Allison Weisbrot, editor of Campaign US, and you're listening to Campaign Chemistry. Hi, Heather. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah. So where are you calling from? I'm actually calling from Minnesota. So nice. beautiful summer in Minnesota this year. We have about another week of it left. Yes. <laughs> so. And then soon the, the snow will be back. Yeah. Yeah. I actually live in Arizona, so that's why <laughs> I'm in Minnesota for work, but I live in Arizona because of the snow. <laughs> oh, there you go. No snow there. Yeah. So you joined Lando Lakes shortly after the brand changed its logo and its packaging. It was a big moment, I think, and it was amid sort of a reckoning among CPG brands and other companies with packaging, right? That that maybe had over time not aged well, come off a little stereotypical. So talk about like what it was like joining at that time. And to clarify for the listeners, this was when Lando Lakes removed the Native American woman from its packaging. Yeah. So I started with Land Lakes in September of 2020. I think the packaging change was probably made in 2019, uh, if I remember rightly. So the strategy behind that, and I think it was the timing uh, lined up with what was happening and the and the the cultural reckoning that was happening. The reality is, with with our packaging decision, it's it's not something that we made lightly. This had been many years of research, partly and in part because of the fact, and this is something that people may not know about Lando Lakes. We are a farmer-owned, retail member-owned cooperative. So in the dairy foods division, which is only one division of the company, and I would love to talk about Land Lakes as a whole, but in the dairy foods division, we're known for our wonderful butter products and cheese products. And one of the things that wasn't coming through to consumers was the idea that we were farmer owned. And so it was getting lost, if you will, in that packaging. So as we reflected on that and the team reflected on that, as I said, prior to my joining the company, one of the things we did was think about how can we really make it much more prominent? How do we get the brand more prominent? How do we really pump up the idea of farmer owned? Because we know when we talk to consumers that the concept of us being farmer owned is very unique and different, which is very important for us to be able to say to the consumer as they're standing in the shelf and looking at you know competitor products. So in order to get that message across more clearly, we made a change in the packaging that did uh, result in us taking the the Native American Indian off of the of the packaging. But it was more strategic in terms of ensuring that we were really communicating strongly about our farmer-owned position as a company. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Talk yeah. about, obviously, Lando Lakes is very well known for its butter and yeah. its dairy products. But talk about the company more broadly. What does it mean to be farmer-owned and how does that shape the brand? 
Yeah, I mean, so I joined in September 2020, and I, I came from Harley Davidson. So people sometimes wonder, like, motorcycles to butter. That seems like a quite a leap. One of the things I was incredibly impressed about when I was starting to talk to Beth Ford, our CEO, is the breadth of the company. So yes, we are a farmer-owned cooperative. We also have members who are, are owners of um, local ag retailers and markets. So they're really the, the heart and soul of the community that supports the farmers with grain and agronomy and other things. So we have four divisions in our company. We have the dairy foods division that everybody is very familiar with that has a number of brands under that, including obviously the Land Lakes brand, but brands like Vermont Creamery are actually part of our portfolio. Cozy Shack, amazing rice pudding. Then we have our animal nutrition division, which is another area that people may not be familiar with. And we have a livestock division, a lifestyle division. So think about it as we are feeding pretty much any animal species that you could possibly imagine. We actually feed most of the zoo animals in the US, little known fact. Uh, we also have a, large, that. <laughs> we have a large business in the horse uh, in the horse space. So we have a farm down in St. Louis, uh, just outside St. Louis in Missouri, that actually does a lot of uh, research with through a group of PhDs into animal nutrition and getting the best out of every animal and letting them reach their full potential. So we have a huge group in the animal nutrition area, and that's a, a really amazing business. And we're working with independent dealers and retailers in that space. Then we have Winfield United, which is crop input. So think about you know them working with our local ag retailers to provide seed and nutrients for the crops and working with them in terms of agronomy services and insight and, and uh, expertise. And then lastly, um, and very importantly, Truterra. So Truterra is one of our newest divisions of the company. And Truterra, if you will, works sort of across everything from from farm to fork in terms of ensuring sustainability throughout the chain. So they have a, a new program, carbon program, actually, that's helping companies like big CPG companies, for example, to uh, reach their reach their environmental goals in terms of carbon offsets. So there's there's a, a work happening in that area. So we are a pretty complex business, um, pretty big business. We're owned by about 1,600 dairy farmers. Uh, we have about a thousand of those agricultural retail owners and then about 750 row crop farmers. So to the second part of your question around this idea of cooperative is quite interesting to me because in, in, in reality, cooperative is our business model, but cooperative is also how we work. So we see the, we see everything through the eyes of agriculture and probably most importantly, we see it through the eyes of the people that are there feeding us every day. So we work on behalf of our members we are uh, incredibly uh, proud of that. It's what gets us up during the day to make sure that we're doing the right thing for our members and supporting them. And a big part of that, to be honest, is the farmers and these ag retailers are the hearts of the communities in rural America. So what happens to them and what benefits them tends to benefit their entire community. So there's, there's lots of really... So lots of really great purpose and soul behind this company and that people may not be aware of. And it's uh, it's a phenomenal group to be part of. So cooperative is really in our soul, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about how that sort of shapes like the different brand initiatives that you've kicked off since you've come on. Obviously, it was a big focus to put that cooperative and the, the interesting business model like more at the forefront of the brand. Um, so what was really your, you're coming in as a new CMO, there's a new big rebrand just happened. Like what was your first priority? Yeah. So this was, I mean, one of the things that I, as I said, my initial reaction was, this is interesting. It's a, it's a dairy company that could be interesting. I learned that it was co-op and I'm like, 
that's really interesting. And then when I started to see the, the, the breadth of the company, um, got very intrigued by that. And as I came into the company, though, I think the sheer complexity of the business really struck me. Um, but also the power of that, right? So we weren't talking about, we were forward facing as Land O'Lakes in the dairy division. We really weren't talking about ourselves as an enterprise. And that's really where the power comes because it's an ecosystem of businesses working together with our members. Um, and, and really that was what I wanted, that story I wanted to tell. So um, not an easy process because we've got very different businesses here and they were fairly siloed in their approach. But with that complexity, I really thought there was a lot of opportunity and I wanted to lean into the strength of that. So we worked on um, a new articulation of our enterprise brand, if you will, because what I wanted to have was like a call it like a backbone, if you will, where all the businesses could tie in. So how do we connect what might appear disparate pieces of business and things that might be tangential to that? For example, we are involved heavily involved in advocating for rural broadband through our American Connection Project, where we convened about 170 companies to come together to help rural America. So that's something that we do. We have a lot of influence there at the government level. We have all of these different businesses. So pulling all of that together really was was a was a challenge for us. And what we ended up coming together on was a, an enterprise brand that is now we're very excited about because we just passed our 100 year anniversary. So it's a perfect time to kind of launch this internally. And we're going external in the fall. But the idea behind it is we are there to put our farmers and our retailers at the heart of creating a better world for all of us. And that might seem kind of broad as a purpose. So we have identified three big areas of impact that we're really focused on. So sustainable futures is one part of it. Vibrant rural communities is another part of it. We really want to make sure that we are helping um, bring rural America um, to light for people, bring insight to rural America and support them. And then last but very, very, very important, safe and plentiful food supply. So really high, highlighting the role that farmers have in providing food to all of us. It's actually the reality is less than 1% of the population in the U.S. feed 100% of the population. So if you think about that for a second, it's pretty, pretty amazing. It's crazy. So we have those three areas of impact. So we, um, we developed a new tagline because you have to do that too. So we have a tagline of Rooted in Tomorrow, which was really a call to say we are very proud of our 100-year heritage. But as a brand, we are also very focused on the future. So I think this is this is the beauty of legacy brands. And I've worked on a lot of legacy brands in my career is that you don't always have to have a new startup brand for it to be cool and be creative. You can actually the actually the benefit of a legacy brand is you have all of these years and foundation behind you. Not a lot of companies make it to 100 years. So uh-huh. going forward, we're, we're really focused on the future. And, and that's what's been really exciting. So. I will say we, you know, we're doing work externally starting in the fall, but the first and, and most important part for us was to talk talk to our teams about this and actually help people mm-hmm. within the organization feel connected to this purpose in a way that would talent markets hard right now, right? So just in a way that really would keep them really proud of the work that they were doing every day and connected to something bigger than themselves. You mentioned that the business was very siloed. Like, how did you sort of come in and corral all these teams to, you know, 
rally around one purpose and think of themselves like one business? Did it require like reorganizing your team? Like what changes did you make when you came in? Yeah. So um, I, I will say that I think from a business standpoint, all the businesses have, it's like having a family. All the businesses have different roles in the family. They have different personalities and different uniquenesses. So that very much remains the case and will continue to be the case. What we wanted to find was like the red thread that went through all of that. Um, part of it, I think, you know, coming in new to the company, I, I wanted to work in a different way. So I didn't want this to be a marketing exercise. That was the last thing I wanted. I didn't want this to be like, oh, look, cool. We got a new brand identity and tagline. That's cool. Um, I didn't mm -hmm. want it to be just about marketing. So we we put we pulled together again under a cooperative nature. Right. We pulled together a group of people from across the company. So I had people in the working team on this from finance, from operations, supply chain, legal marketing, the businesses. And we pulled a tight team together and we worked through this together in a much more agile manner than maybe we've done in the past. Um, but what was really exciting was having everybody sitting at the table together, talking about what, what, what was possible. What if? Because the other thing I will say is culturally, we're a very humble, humble company, very humble Midwest company. And I love that about Land O'Lakes. Um, full of amazing, really great people who have a lot of heart for everything they do every day. But sometimes you've got to go out and talk about it because it's important for other people to know. So we've kind of hidden in the background a little bit. Um, so I wanted us to be a little bit more bold. So what was really fun for me to see was the team thinking of like what might be possible for us as a brand and sort of pulling that together. So having this cross-functional integrated team leading the charge it made it somewhat easier to sell this into the organization because they had people they could, I, I know that guy, that guy's on the team. That's a good thing. And they were my, they were my soldiers in the field, if you will, selling this through um, in the organization and getting excited. And I think that the excitement they had behind this, I think was really palpable. So, so working in a different way, connecting all the business units that way. And then it becomes a little infectious, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What went into the creative strategy? Like, how did you sort of, I know there's there's more than just butter, right? But like a lot of the Land O'Lakes products are pantry staples. So how do you sort of like infuse some of that creativity, maybe some of the things you did at Harley Davidson, as you mentioned, very different brand um, into your thinking here? Yeah. So I think, you know, we're, so grassroots level, what we're doing right now is on the employer side. So we are, we're very keen to make sure we're, um, I always talk about it as like re-recruiting our team. You know, this is a new chapter in the history of the company. How do we treat our, our employees as an audience and talk to them in the same way and try and motivate them in the same way? So we've we've been doing a lot of work internally with, as I said, brand identity, with swag, with, you know, really getting people to feel really proud. I mean, if there's a connection to Harley there, it's like, you know, we all used to walk into Harley every day, like dressed head to foot in Harley clothes. I wanted people to do that with Lando Lakes. I wanted people to feel that proud about the brand. And we're seeing that now, which is fantastic. And we're also able to go to college campuses and, and forums to talk about our company and get people really excited about coming to work with us. So that, that piece is working. We have also developed, as I said, a new brand identity that's pretty well thought through in terms of how it brings all of the companies, the businesses in the company together. And we have some digital content that we're starting to push out now externally. And it's, you know, it's just, this is not about, this is not about chess beating as an enterprise because it's always in service of how are we helping our members? How are we helping our businesses? Um, so we'll be leaning very heavily into PR. We have some things happening in the fall that are really exciting. 
um, and in part to bring some of these messages to life about the importance of our food supply, the fact that food security is national security issue, and you know it's becoming ever more prominent as we think about the, the market today. So there's lots of messages that are going to come through through this through the enterprise brand, um, and then I would say second part in terms of the creative for the businesses, we are linking the the work that we're doing within those businesses to the purpose of the enterprise. So there's they have their own campaigns. We're not we don't have one campaign for the whole company for everything. But Dairy Foods, for example, we launched a new campaign last year that's very much linked into um, our farmer ownership, which is key to our our purpose overall. So obviously there's tons to talk about for a company like Lando Lakes in terms of like sustainability, agriculture, food insecurity, really important meaty, meaty topics. How do you balance like talking about these things with all of the pushback on greenwashing claims? Like there's all these different yeah. organizations pushing back now. How do you how do you walk that line? Yeah, I mean, I think so the one thing I, I am very um, from a cultural standpoint Land Lakes is a very authentic company. We have a very authentic leader. So there is nothing. The good thing about the work that we did on the enterprises, we weren't digging for stories. We weren't looking for like, how could we say something in this space that might be motivating? We had so many proof points to what we were doing already. And our members, our farmers and our ag retailers have been working in the sustainability space for a long time. It's what they do every day. And so it's really about bringing those stories to life. So I feel very confident in our stories because they are true. They're grounded in truth. They're grounded in truth about what our farmers do every day and what we do as a company. Um, so I, I know that there's, there's people out there who are talking about purpose, who are talking about their work in sustainability that may not have as much substance as we have, but I feel really good about, you know, what we, what we're, uh, what we're discussing and what we're talking about here. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about like what you you are doing in the sustainability space? Like I know you mentioned carbon offsets, but in what ways are you leaning into your um, capabilities to push more sustainable uh, ways of farming, working, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of what we do every day. So um, Winfield United is one group that's, you know, helping farmers establish sustainable farming practices. Um, and Truterra obviously is a, is a business that's focused on sustainability. So whether that's leveraging our farmers to offset carbon, whether there's carbon insets, they're working in the water space, they're working throughout the whole sustainability um, sustainability space. And then it's, it's really, it's really etched through everything that we do with our, with our members. So um, I think this is the thing. It's like it's people are starting to talk about this now, but this is something that we've just been doing. You know, it's just good business practice, to be honest. And I, I will say from an agricultural standpoint, and this is part of the work we want to do talking about our enterprise, is the narrative that happens around agriculture, the narrative that happens around rural America is is not balanced or in many cases not true. Um, farming is actually the solution to uh, a lot of these sustainability issues and climate issues, uh, not the problem. So there's, there's, there's part of us is wants to get out and tell that story and just help, help really in, educate and inform people about what's really happening in the agriculture space. So as you tell these new stories, what media platforms are working for you? How are you sort of modernizing the approach? Yeah, I think, um, on our brand specifically, we've made some pretty big shifts. I mean, 
everything's digital, to be honest, but connected TV has been really good for us and a lot of our brands as we tell those stories. We're leveraging PR on the enterprise side pretty heavily. Um, so you'll see some of that coming up in the fall. But on our brands in the dairy food space, um, leaning very heavily into search, social media, connected TV. Um, and we, we hired a new agency actually in 2021, late in 2021, who developed a campaign for us. And that's been working very hard in some of these, some of these channels. And, uh, we're re- really excited about that work and it links directly back into our purpose too. So what, what is the work? Talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So we hired Battery from LA to do this work for us. We really wanted to find and land on a, on a big idea that would help us really push home the idea of farmer owned. So it's a little bit of a progression from what we, where we'd been before. And they came in with an idea that was eat it like you own it because over a thousand farmer co-ops or farmer owners do. And, and, and it really resonated with us at the time. It's a really hardworking campaign. Uh, we pushed it out, actually launched it in October last year. Um, and it's really about in sort of inviting the consumers into the cooperative, if you will, and really helping them understand. So a very authentic story about who we are and what we do, and then bringing it to life in a really positive, optimistic way. So I will tell you, within the food space, there's a lot of perfection. You know, when you see campaigns out there with food, people take bites of sandwiches. They always look pretty, like nothing's <laughs> nothing's missing. We all know that's not true. We wanted to bring the sheer enjoyment, if you will, of our products to life in in the in the work. Uh, and Battery did a, just a tremendous job in helping us do that. So that campaign's really been hitting home with people because, again, once they know we're farmer owned, it makes them feel really good about. Not just buying the brand, also I would say it's like buying into the brand. Like they're starting to get connected to who we are. So that's been really important and we're building on that. So that work has been set out since October. It continues to do well. We have a great partnership with Avas. You know, I'm a big believer in marketing has to drive growth and and this is really proving it out. So we're we're really excited about it and it's gonna be a, an idea that's gonna live for a long time. Yeah. So as you um you know, you working on this idea, there's more more campaigns to come in the fall. What is your relationship like with agencies? I know that you were an agency person for, for yep. a while, right? You came up yep. through agencies. So talk about like now that you're on the brand side, like what value do they add to your team? What do you find is is more beneficial to do in-house and how do you make that relationship work? Yeah. So it's a great question. I, I, I like to think the fact I was a I was a client first, then I was an agency for a long time, and then I came back to the client side. I'd like to think that makes me a good client. Um, you can ask my agencies that. I I am a firm believer. So when I came into the role, one of the things we had done, which is as I think what a lot of people try and do, is bring everything in house. Bring everything in house because it's cheaper. And I'm doing air quotes because I know this is podcast, and that's just not the reality. You need a combination of internal talent with with great agencies, and so. I wanted to, you know, the old cliche, new CMO, new agency, but I did want to review the agencies that we had in our roster. And we had some great agencies working for us in the dairy foods division. We needed, we needed a powerhouse. We needed a creative powerhouse. And, uh, and we were very particular about, we did a very fast pitch and picked and picked battery in the end. What's important to me is partnership. And I, and I don't use that word lightly. Um, you know, Battery and, and our team have been, we've been through the ringer on this idea, making sure it, we stay true to it and having really good, really good, honest, real debates with stuff. The, the, the Anson and Phil, who affectionately called Fansom of uh, Battery, they, they are just great partners with us and helping us challenge us and push things around a little bit. 
um, and build confidence in the idea. And I, and I like to have that kind of relationship with all of our agencies. In addition to having an internal team, which we have, we have a studio that does like adaptive design. So I need agencies to bring us the big ideas, the big creative ideas and help us launch what that looks like. Then we can have our internal team draft off of that for some of the work. And that's how we, that's essentially how we're working. We're working with the Martin agency and our annual nutrition division who are a phenomenal agency who are very passionate and have a lot of heart for that space. And they've done great work and continue to do great work for us. Um, and then we, uh, we actually have our own agency. Um, we own an agency called Curious Plot, um, who work in the food and ag space. And, um, and again, they're just, you know, a great agency that knows their, uh, knows their sweet spot and works through that. And that's the other thing I would say is the partnership is one piece. I always tell people, find the sweet spot that your agency has and use them there. Do not try mm. and make your agency the be all end all for everything because you'll usually help them to fail if you do so. You try and stretch them into spaces that they don't, they don't, you know, excel in. So, um, we have a great roster now of a number of agencies, including strategic partners uh, that we use that I'm, I'm really, really excited about. So, yeah. So as a CMO and someone who's been agency side, what do you make of this trend of like, particularly among larger brands of just consolidating everything with, with one holding company, do you find that like you can sort of find those specialists within that model or is it better to kind of pick and choose from a broader pool? Yeah, it's an interesting question at this time because I came from Omnicom. I was pretty much with Omnicom my entire agency career and there are fantastic agencies within those holding companies. I never want to limit myself in that way, to be honest, as a client. So the, the other thing I've seen happen over the last, maybe over the last few years is a lot of really talented people who've been in some of these big agencies who've stepped out and started up their own mm -hmm. and grown from there. So Battery is a good example of that. And I think other agencies have done the same thing. And there's another agency that I forgot to mention, which is horrible because they're, they've been our lead on the enterprise work, which is human design. And there are also people who came from bigger agencies um, and started up their own gig. And they, they have a, a very unique expertise and a unique point of view on the world. And that's really important for us to have. So I, I would never want to say, like, let's just go with one holding company and let them figure it out. I know personally that never worked for us at Omnicom because we just couldn't get our couldn't get it together to integrate properly. I would much rather have the control over a, a bigger pool of agencies. And there's some just fantastic agencies out there today. And mm. sometimes those smaller, more nimble agencies are the right answer. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of clients are, are thinking that way now. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the economy. Obviously, there's really high inflation right now. People are talking about a recession. How mm. does it impact you and the work you do at um, Land Lakes, considering a big part of the business is these, you know, pantry for Drader staples yeah. that are that are getting more expensive. Yeah, I, th I think this is where it becomes even more important for us to uh, build differentiation with the brand um, because it's you know it's easy in times like this for some consumers, and I do say some consumers to trade down or think about you know a different choice. Um, you know, we the pricing that we have is is you know the the quality of the product, the premium nature of our product and the price that we have is not a private label price. So we have to be able to talk about why people would want to buy Land Lakes as opposed to a private label. So again, the leaning into our farmer ownership and really, really working through in that messaging is very important for us. And I, I think the other thing I would say overall is, is I, 
have my team be very performance focused in our work. Um, we're very diligent about our spend. We're very measured in our spend. Um, and that's, that's always important, but it's probably particularly important in these times where we really want to put as much as we can behind the brand, consumer facing, making sure that we're staying top of mind, um, and having data to prove that out. So, uh, in the dairy division, we've really gotten very tight on marketing attribution work that helps us understand not just are we making a difference, but what's the mix that's making a difference and how can we optimize? So there's a, you know, really a big focus on that right now to make sure that we're doing that. But in times of inflation, I know that a lot of companies cut spend. It's really a time for us to think about where's the best place to put our money and then how do we really stand out as a brand in, in what is a essentially a commodity space. Yeah. Do you find that um is it difficult to get buy-in from leadership about investing in the brand at a time like this? Uh I don't think it is. I think as long as we're I mean as I said, I think we have now we have really good data to show that it's working. That's important. It's always important. So, and I, and I will say in terms of um, being very brand focused. So I came from a brand that, you know, we were massive, iconic cultural brands. So there's no question that, that, you know, we would invest there. Land O'Lakes, I have, I have a CEO who believes in the power of brands and that's very important. It was one of the questions I asked her when I was interviewing for the role because I, I wouldn't want to join a company that didn't at least believe in the potential of brands, if not the power. Um, so she's a big proponent of that. So we've been able to, through the work that we've done, and we've earned that trust along the way with the businesses as to what's what's really important, how we can help them grow their businesses. We're in a position where we're in a good spot with the businesses to be able to invest and continue to invest in the brand. Mm. And so in terms of the attribution, like where are you finding the most efficiencies? Like what's what's working well? Yeah, I mean, we, we put a lot of money behind search these days to try and pull people in. So that's been working really well. And connected TV has been really efficient for us as well in the dairy food space. And our, our animal nutrition business is more B2B. Mm -hmm. We are obviously, you know, marketing to the consumer, but the, the business is going through our, our dealers, our dealer network and uh, our partners. So a little harder to do this straight attribution there. But we're, uh, again, just really performance focused on all the leading metrics that will help us drive traffic into the stores and then help buy our products from there. So, mm. so I want to talk about you a little bit and, and circle back to um, something you said earlier in the podcast about like going from motorcycles to butter. Talk about like your your career trajectory, your decision to, you know, maybe first go from brand to agency back to brand and then go yeah. from motorcycles to butter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's quite a journey. Um, you know, it's interesting because I, I I started my career in the airline side of things. So that's where I was a client and, and I was in brand. So I studied marketing in college and I'm from Scotland originally. So I came to the U.S. with British Airways, actually. I, I could have been a lifer at the airline and that would have been a great thing. I just found myself not I was not as challenged as I as I wanted to be in that role. So I had a friend who worked on the agency and I was like, maybe I should just give that a try and see see what that will be like. So I made the switch and I stayed in the agency business for, gosh, uh, maybe about 15 years. I'm probably getting that wrong. Something like 15 years. I stayed on the agency side. I worked mostly within Omnicom. I, I will tell you, it was a huge culture shock for me coming from clients, especially very structured British Airways, very corporate, very corporate to um, a creative environment where I had 
people screaming at each other and creative craziness going on. And it was wonderful, but also terrifying at the same time. So I, I think for me, it was, it was just a, it really, it really fed my need for variety and challenge. It was challenging every day. I was in a new category every day. I loved it. I was a planner on the agency side. So I just, I just loved getting into the, the depths of uh, different industries and consumer types and audiences and all of those things. So um, it was a great run for me on the agency side. I had just gotten to a point where I was taken from a um, sort of head of strategy role into the account side as I was running a piece of business for the, for the holding company uh, for Mars. And it, I, it was, it was just not where my, just wasn't where my heart was. So I, it was one of those moments in my career where I thought, okay, so here's a crossroads. What do I do now? What do I do next? I was really keen to go back on the client side. And, um, and so I was pontificating over lunch one day with a colleague at the agency and said, God, you know, it'd be great to work for something like, wow, work for Harley Davidson. That would be amazing. Cause I've been a motorcyclist since I was about 12. And, um, and they said, well, I, we know that I know the CMO. And I was like, oh my God, you need to introduce me. So this, this started the journey to, to Harley Davidson. I met with the CMO. I ended up actually, and this is something I, I talked to my team about this a lot, a lot of times is when you think about your career, you don't always think about going up. You might go across. Sometimes you might go backwards. So I actually went into the company a few levels lower than I was in my career, but it was just, the, it was the right life decision for me to make because I needed, I was a bit burned out and I needed to take a little bit of a step back. And I was so thrilled I did that because I, I went into the company as um, heading up research insights, that sort of area. And it gave me a perfect opportunity to work through, we were in the middle of new product development and I got to really get close to the customers. And as a customer myself, I think that was important to sort of shift my thinking Mm-hmm. And so really did a lot of amazing work with that team. And then this, essentially the CMO left and I took his job. <laughs> so, um, which I used to joke with him all the time. I was like, I really, that's the job I want is yours. So yeah. Uh, and you got it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it was, it was wonderful. I think, you know, as I think about my shift from Harley into, uh, Landa Lakes, I don't know if you ever follow Beth Ford, our CEO, but I highly recommend to you and your listeners that you do. She is an amazing individual, quite a force of nature and very unique, I think, within the CEO space. She has been an inspiration to me, actually, from before I came to Land Lakes. I have been watching her and sort of following articles on her. And she's probably the number one reason I'm at Land Lakes. Uh, I say number two is the fact that I get to work on behalf of our members every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, I have a, I have a wonderful team. We're doing really great work. I get to work on cool things that are, I always to quote Beth, she talks a lot about you're helping make people's lives better. People who you will probably never, ever meet. Mm-hmm. And that, that makes me feel really good. So as we think about that American connection project work and rural broadband, if you just for a minute think about during the pandemic when we were all lucky enough to be able to work from home and get online and have kids get their schoolwork and have doctor's appointments and all of those things, many, many, many individuals in the U.S. could not do that. Right. About 40 million people. So we are now in a position where we've opened up about 3,000 Wi-Fi spots um, through our partners and, and we're getting act- rural America through the infrastructure bill, getting broadband investment at the state level. Um, and it's a really good feeling to be able to help people connect, yeah. you know? So, um, 
Yeah, so it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good life in the world of butter. And so yeah. much more. <laughs> I mean, so, sometimes all you need is that like inspirational leader, right? To make everything exciting yeah. and regardless of, of what exactly the category or the job is. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's always been important to me to work for brands who kind of light me up in some way like that. I think it's mm-hmm. important for it. I mean, people talk a lot about, well, the younger generation want to work for a company that has meaning or in a job that has meaning. So do those of us who are not in the younger generation. I think it's just important to people in general. Uh, and I think we've all learned a lot in the last couple of years about what's important in life. And, you know, if you can work for a company that has a strong purpose behind it, um, then you should do that. Yeah. Well, Heather, thank you so much for your time and for your thank great you. advice. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see what you guys come out with in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep you posted. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much, Allison. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Campaign Chemistry on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.